Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan. We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast. Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business. Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. Hello, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. This is the first episode of season six, and we are so excited to have you guys with us. This is also our first episode on YouTube. So welcome to all of our brand new listeners slash viewers on YouTube. We are really excited to be here, although uh, it requires me to actually wash my hair and dry it. So (laughs) there's that fun lipstick or something. something. Um, Before we dive into this season, I am of course going to say hello. (laughs) Nice. We're off to a great start. (laughs) Welcome to my amazing co-host, Tova. How are you today, my friend? What's happening? I am excited to be here. I am excited to be recording and and not just because I love recording um, podcasts with you uh, and because I'm super, super excited about this topic. It means a lot to me, but also just because I have been on the recovery wheel of uh covid and so i'm just excited to like be able to record a podcast with you yeah we've had quite the last like 10 days between covid rampaging through your life and i don't know technology has not been my friend um yeah but we are very fortunate so we're gonna be uh, sending gratitude to the universe for our, uh, I don't know, recovery from the various misfortunes. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And where we're at, I think, you know, despite our troubles, we're, we're doing pretty well, all things considered. So, um, so we'll, we'll send some gratitude for that, but Definitely. you know, it's, uh, it's a new season. It's season six. I cannot believe we're on six seasons at this point. Um, I mean, I can, but I can't, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like we've been doing this forever, but at the yes. same time, it's, you know, it, it's a little shocking when you look at it and you're like, oh wait, I'm, you know, it's season six. How did that happen? Um, yeah. It, right. It's like, yeah. And, and we still have stuff to talk about. Lots I know. of well, stuff to talk about. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. We always have stuff to talk about. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> Um, so this season we are talking about, um, busyness and what it means, how it affects our self-worth, our feelings about ourselves in general, and sort of the, what I like to call the cult and culture of busyness in this country. Um, and, and globally, of course, we always touch on that. Um, but what we know best is, is our own sort of culture and, um, and sort of, you know, what does it mean for all of us and how do we deal with it? And I don't know, like, what can we do? What can we do about it? Because certainly Tova and I have been um, in the thrall of busyness. I like to think of it that way because it feels frantic and and overwhelming. So today, as we do, we're going to start with the basics of what do we even mean when we're talking about busyness? And I'm going to turn it over to Tova because you guys... 
she did so <laughs> much. And I say this every time because she's such a good researcher. And I'm like an okay researcher. Like I've never realized that I wasn't a great researcher until I started hanging around Tova. Um, and then I was like, oh, that's a good researcher. Um, but you know, she did such a good job researching the sort of the history of this topic. And so I'm gonna turn it over to her to talk a little bit about what we mean when we say busyness and where we're baselining this conversation from. Um, so take it away, Tova. Yeah, I no joke that I jumped in with two feet to the research on this, um, partly because I find the topic so interesting. And then partly because there was just so much writing about it. And but I will say that most of the writing is really in the last, I don't know, three to five years. I mean, it's not something that has been addressed um prior to that right like people weren't writing think pieces on busyness in 1985 right um or frankly 2005 um this is a i don't think it's a new thing but it's a new concept that maybe this shouldn't be a thing um <laughs> and we need to talk about it so let's first as you said at the foundational level talk about what busyness is and i will first say what it is not it is not being busy so let's just like cut that right off at the top but it is more of a feeling that we have more to do than we have time or energy for like this feeling that um and i like this concept that there's not much space in our lives right so that we are running from one task to another task, or that we are filling the empty space with tasks and we're constantly going, going, going. It could be what you get when you multitask. Um, I felt very called out when someone was like, you know, like listening to a podcast on your way to work instead of just driving. And I wanted to be like, what now? Um, when would I listen to my podcasts if it right. wasn't while I was doing other things, right? Um, and so, but it's that feeling of I'm rushing from place to place. I need to be quick about this. Um, and it's something that we do to ourselves. Um, it is, and I know right away, like I imagine there are people listening or watching going, well, no, I did not do this to myself. I, this is done to me, right? This is something that I am busy because I have things to do and that's why I'm busy. But this is, this is a new concept. And when we talk about it for the next I don't know, all through summer. I mean, we're going to be talking about this for a while and we're going to be bringing guests on to talk about it. Um, what we're going to find is that there are lots of reasons beyond just a full calendar that people either um, feel this busyness or seek out things to fill so that they are busy in the sense of busyness, right? And and it's not simply because you have a lot on your plate and you have a lot to do. Um, because what we have found and what the research shows is that this sort of affects a certain, I don't want to say it doesn't affect, you know, blue collar, like different 
areas of different occupations, but it is certainly something that uh, like white collar workers seem to push more of. They're like, oh no, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Um, and you'll notice it that, you know, when you ask a friend, how are you doing? One of the responses is, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And what I, I want to say, you know, I, I want to jump into the history a little bit, but before we do that, I just want to say that studies also show that people actually don't think that someone being busy is happier. So it's, it's a weird thing that we're unpacking over the next season because we are looking at people and ourselves. When I say people, I mean me. Um, who, who hold out busyness for some reason or seek busyness for some reason, either external or internal, but that when you're looking at someone else who goes, oh, I'm so busy, if, versus someone who said, oh, yeah, life is calm, life is great. If you had a pick, you wouldn't pick the person who says, I'm so busy as being happier, right? So this isn't something that we do to ourselves to make us happier. Um, and it's not even something that we, we necessarily think truly would make us happier. And yet it gets very confusing on the inside. Yeah, I think it's really important to note that when we're talking about busyness, we're not simply talking about a physical behavior. We're talking right. about potentially physical behaviors, but also that wrapped up in a state of mind, right? In an emotional reaction and in a, in a feeling that you experience within yourself. So you may not actually be that physically busy, but it's the feeling of busyness and that intense need to constantly fill time. Um, and, and that overwhelm and feeling of busyness that, that we're referring to. So I just think that that's a really important distinction because there are people in the world who are intensely busy. And that right. is a very different experience. I'm thinking of like an ER doctor, right? An ER doctor is very busy. Right. It's, it's a different thing than this concept of busyness. And it's, a, it's you laid a very clear foundation, but I want to make sure that we're being specific about the fact that this is these are two different things that we're talking about. Well, and I, I can use I can use my life as an example. I can use tomorrow night as an example when I have one kid who has two practices that overlap with each other. I have another child who then while I, you know, I have one to get from one from one practice to another. He's not going to go, you know, to both 50 50 because he likes one more than the other, frankly. But then in the middle of that, I have to get another kid to a baseball scrimmage. And at the same time, I'm supposed to be at a middle school orientation. Now, the middle school orientation is out. I have now realized. Like, it cannot happen. And so what I will be spending most of my time doing is driving from one kid to one place, picking up another kid. I live in a small town, so it's fortunately very easy to get from one place to another. Um, but then a good chunk of the night will be spent just watching kids play baseball. I mean, I'm just going to be hanging out watching kids play baseball. 
um, which I love to do. So I am, in fact, busy tomorrow night. I have a lot of things on my plate. But when I'm watching baseball, the difference between being, you know, experiencing this busyness and not is, will I be able to focus on the baseball? Will I be able to just relax? I'm going to be sitting outside. Well, it's going to be a beautiful night. I'm going to my feet in the grass if I remember to take my shoes off, you know, and I'm just going to be relaxing watching baseball. Or I could be thinking about like, I really should be at this middle school orientation. I can't believe I'm missing it. I hope someone remembers to like pick up paperwork, you know, like going through all of these other emotions and feelings. And that's the busyness part of it, of not being able to focus and not being able to be calm where I am. Because by seven o'clock tomorrow night, I will have done all the dropping off. I will have clearly missed the middle school orientation and I can just enjoy the rest of the time sitting and watching, you know, eight-year-olds play baseball, which is a delight to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Um, And so, but there's that difference between that feeling of being frantic. Right. Or, and then actually like having a variety of things to do. And, you know, historically what's interesting, and this is where the research, like I dove right in, um, is there was a book written in 1899 called The Theory of the Leisure Class. And this was by an economist and sociologist, which is like, I think a great combo of research and, and career, um, Thorstein Veblen. And he wrote about how the richer someone gets, the less they work. And that it was a way to, you know, your leisure time, your yachts and your, you know, I think of garden parties. I have like <laughs> lots of great Gatsby visuals in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and like think of um, in Downton Abbey where the um, Dowager Countess, I think, is that her name? Anyway, she's like, what is a weekend, right? Because every day is a day without work for her, right? And so the more um, higher up, right, you are when it comes to wealth at that time, actually the more leisure time you had and the less busyness that would consume your life. Um, and now, it really since the 20th century into the 21st century, busyness has become this social signal right? Of like, how many things do I have my hands in? And yes, that's busy, but also like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm, and there's this, um, one of the drivers is this feeling of needing to be on demand, right? And needing to be like, if I'm so busy, then, and I'm, I'm giving off this air of busyness, then people will know that Um, I am a scarce resource. Like we're actually making ourselves scarce resources. And one thing I thought that was interesting is we all know that, you know, salaries and pay has not increased as it should have over the last 40 years, right? It's basically been essentially stagnant um, with a little bumps here and there. And so if you want to make yourself look more desirable, it might not correlate to what you're getting paid, but you can correlate it to, look, I'm so busy. 
I have no free time. I'm, I'm, I'm a commodity. Like, you would be lucky to have me. Um, and it's a way to sort of show your higher, your higher status. And I thought something that was interesting is there's a person, um, uh, her name is Anne Burnett, um, and she studied this, and then it was in another book, uh, lot, and then it was in another paper. I mean, lots of people are referencing each other in this, this concept. But um, when, you know, it, when people write those uh, Christmas cards, the, the lengthy ones, so someone actually took it onto themselves to collect them all, these Christmas cards over the, ho- over the years, and from a variety of people, you know, send us your Christmas cards. And they started noticing in the 70s and 80s, the words started appearing hectic, whirlwind, crazy, you know, constantly on the run, way too fast, as part of how people describe their their year, you know, so, oh, we have three kids this year and it's been a whirlwind because we're running here and running there. And it's just been such a crazy year. And I'm saying that to you and it doesn't even sound that strange. Of course, that's what a Christmas card would say. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and now they said it, those kinds of words, which weren't appearing before the seventies and eighties are appearing at astonishing rates. So this is not something that has been around forever. This is not a concept. This has been around forever. Um, but busyness is used, can be used. And we're, listen, we're going to talk about all the internal, the internalness of it all and why we're here and over the next season. But the, like, we're just establishing that, yes, in fact, we're here. <laughs> like, this is where we are. And they were saying, like, even someone who is, uh, like, walking around with a, blue suit, a Bluetooth headset on is, like, indicating they are of a higher status because, like, they're doing two things at once. Um, right. Which I, is just wild. It's, yeah, the ways in which we perceive the value of multitasking and the value of being busy being that busy is bizarre and I mean because when I think about it (laughs) the more wealth I have the less I'm going to want to do the more outsourcing I will do I guarantee you like there's never going to be a point in time where I'm like I want to just keep working harder I like it's just not it's so bizarre to me and at the same time I fully understand it because of course I've been in, entrenched in this cult of busyness myself but when you take that sort of 10,000 20,000 mile view of it and you're like wait a minute why are we doing this to ourselves why are we so obsessed with the appearance of busyness whether it's the reality or not of our lives it's the appearance of it why do we want everyone to believe that all we're doing is striving to produce right like that everyone yeah. wants us all the time and that, as Tova said this is what we're going to spend the season talking to you all about and we're going to have guests on to talk about their experiences and share share their insight with you as well but you know this constant urge and it's not every single human right like not everybody does this but a lot of people do the urge to forever be productive and forever be showing the world that you are needed at you know every place all the time and that your kids are needed all the time and that you're just it's this 
the, the reason we're talking about <laughs> the reason we're talking about this because we have conflated busyness with self-worth and yes. that is I think so damaging culturally and has created such a weird inverse relationship to productivity and worthwhileness and it's um it's unfortunate but I'm getting off topic I'm taking us too far afield well no I think it's so important we do need to take a quick break yes but before we do, let's just leave you with this thought, because uh, we have new ads that you can check out. See, I know you're going to be listening hard to these, but uh, <laughs> productivity and busyness and being busy, those three things, none of them are the same. Mm. So we'll be right back. Tova here. I'll admit, when I think of a coach, I immediately think knee-high socks, whistles, and clipboards. Is it because I love Ted Lasso? Maybe. I mean, I think it's a good look for you, if I'm being honest. Thanks, I think. Anyway, that's not the kind of coaching we want to talk to you all about. True. We are talking about life and transition coaching, though I do still love a clipboard and a tube sock. Both Riley and I are lucky to have worked with incredible coaches throughout our lives. Before that, though, we struggled with where to start believing in what coaching could really do for us, and of course, putting ourselves first. Taking the leap and working with our coaches made all the difference. They gave us direction and support when we needed it most. Now, we are fortunate enough to be coaches ourselves, and we're excited to pay it forward. We can help you figure out where to start, create a roadmap, keep you accountable, and get to living your limitless life. Sounds pretty great. So if you want to figure out your next steps, check out our services at goboldlyinitiative.com slash services. We can't wait to talk to you. Now, back to the show. So welcome back. I, you know, as you were talking and you were talking about that need to be productive, I was thinking about how I set a goal every year for the number of books I'm going to read. Sure. And... Um, because I like goals. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't like a good goal, right? And I mean, even even the other day, my eight-year-old was explaining to me something that he did on Zelda and what he was trying to achieve. And he's like, I know you don't understand anything I'm saying, mommy, but I know that you think goals are really important. <laughs> I was just like, oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> um, but, and and every year for the last, I don't know how many years, I've set higher and higher reading goals. Yes. Right? And reading is something I do to relax. It's something I do to unwind. And yet I have now tied it to productivity, not productivity, busyness and like goals, this thing that I do to relax and unwind. So this year I was like, forget this. I am setting, I'm still going to have a goal because I still like to be like, I'm striving. But what was happening was I wasn't picking up long books. Like, oh, interesting. I was staying away from certain books. I still haven't listened to Barack Obama's whole book. That thing's like 50 hours. Like, <laughs> um, and he has such a soothing voice. Like, right. I want to listen to him. So talk. wait, so you were avoiding certain books in order to yes. meet your goal? Yes. I was avoiding books to read because I was like, that's going to take too long. Or I would avoid books that I thought, like if I started reading it and it was just like 
Oh, not not if I started reading it because I have quitting issues. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> but um, if I if I thought a book wouldn't entice me and mm-hmm. get me moving, mm-hmm. um, I would stop. Re- I would not even pick it up. So, like, if I thought a book might be a heavy lift and might take me a while to get into, and thus I would read it slowly, um, despite the fact that it could be a phenomenal book worth that effort, I would not read it. And so this was totally bonkers. Um, and I will say, so this year I was like, I still want a goal, but I, I cut, I don't know, 30 books. I think my goal last year was 85 books, and I think this year it was 50. Um, which is still, you know, a big goal because you're still reading almost a book a week. Yes. Um, but I also listen to books. So like I kind of tag team this goal. Okay. Uh, but because of my romance obsession in the beginning of the month, I have blown that goal out of the water. I was going to say, there's no way you haven't hit that goal. <laughs> no, it's, I hit it like months ago. I didn't want to throw you under the bus there. But. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but it, it freed me though. Like, because I didn't have that stress. Now I'm super free because now I'm like, I'm going to hit next year's goal, last year's goal. But that's because I'm like reading all these romance books. (laughs) But it it is allowing me like, this will be the year that I listen to Barack Obama's book, right? Right. Um, But it just is this concept, this totally ridiculous concept that I tied a leisure activity that does relax me, that I do really enjoy with goals and busyness. And I was letting the cult of busyness get yes. into my reading. Yes. And I have to say that destroyed running for me. So I used to be a runner and then I started doing races and that ruined running for me because I don't actually enjoy races in the least. I hate, <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. Um, I'm, it's just not fun to me in any way. And so I only like trail running by myself alone. Right. (laughs) And so why, (laughs) why would I have started doing races? I do not know. On pavement with a bunch of strangers. I, it's irrational, but you know, it's like you set these goals and you want to it's, you've got to prove something, but what are we proving when we do these things to ourselves? Who are we proving it to? What's, right. What, what is the value we're placing on our behavior that is, what are we gaining from it? Right. right? Like what is, right. so we set the goal, we do the behavior. What is the gain? What is the value add that we're getting? At the end of the day, we're getting some sort of a you know, public recognition for our behavior. And from that, we derive some, some level of self-worth, some level of feeling that we belong, that we're okay, that we're good enough, that we've done enough today to be worthwhile. And at the, (laughs) at the root of that is the lack of realization that your worthiness, your, your self-worth must necessarily be derived from within as opposed to from without. And so if what we're constantly doing is striving for this validation from the rest of the world that we are worthwhile humans because we are doing something else, because we are producing, because we are busy, because we are talking about how busy we are, because we are burning ourselves down to the ground, trying to prove our worthwhileness, then 
you know, we're, we're never going to get that feeling. It, you're going to be striving for that feeling and it's not going to be achieved. Well, and then you wonder, like, let's say you have achieved all the goals that you set out for in life and you genuinely have achieved the goals. And, and so now you have hit the point of your life where you are in a holding pattern, but a lovely holding pattern. You have the career you want. You live in the house that you love. You're happily ensconced in whatever family you've created, whatever that looks like. The rest of your life could be really enjoyable. And yet instead what we do is we're like, well, we need a new goal. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, why? And, you know, we all have different experiences. Like, so I have not run since December 1st, 2019. Not that I've kept track of the last day that I ran. But um, I had, I, I did a six mile race. Um, well, I did a 10K and I had horrible plantar fasciitis. and. That was what kind of broke me and was like, you cannot ignore this anymore. Um, and so, but prior to that, I love running for races um, because I like having a training plan and I'm not going to do a running training plan. I'm not going to do like a speed workout, which I always feel good at the end of if I'm like not running for a race, like I'm not just going to do it because it's good for you. <laughs> um, and I even embrace the rest days more on those training plans. Like I'd only run four to five days a week. Whereas if I wasn't training for a race of some kind, I'd be like, do I just run every day? What do I do? Like I would get all confused. So I, I like those goals of races. So we're not saying goals are bad. And we're not saying that even the exact same goal for a person can have, you know, different benefits to other people. But we are saying that we need to figure out why we are doing all of these things. Yeah, it's important to me to be very clear about this. It may be that you are doing something for yourself and that that, that is helping you build up your self-worth. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's internal. That's internalized to you. If you're doing it for out outward validation, that's a very different thing, right? If you're doing it so that somebody else will pat you on the head and say, good job. And that that's the only way you can feel okay with yourself. That is different than you going and running a 10 K and feeling really good about all that you've done for yourself to get to that point. Those are two different things. Um, and that, so that, I think that's a very important distinction to make in this conversation. Um, but beyond the, Beyond the conversation about goals, we're talking about, you know, filling space with noise so that you don't have to deal with your own life is also sort of, yes, is also sort of a larger construct of busyness, right? Like if you're, if you're just filling up the space around you with busyness so that you don't have to look at yourself or your life or the people in your life or, you know, whatever is going on in, in the world, which can be really overwhelming as we all know. Um, then, then that's another aspect of busyness that we want you to start exploring. And certainly we will be exploring in, in this season. And I think it's something that plagues a lot of people. I mean, plagues is a strong word, but I, I, I look at it that way. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you're shrugging at me, Tova. You know, I mean, like, listen, now that we've been th- like through a plague, I think right? that we are a little more at leisure to be able to use that word when it fits. And, <laughs> and interestingly enough, I think, you know, the pandemic shined quite the light on this issue of busyness mm-hmm. because when everyone was stuck at home, did we as a country go, okay, this is our chance to do some personal inner work. This is our chance to be at peace with the silence. No, we were like, well, we're going to grow sourdough starters. <laughs> Let's set a goal for ourselves, which by the way, I have never figured out how to do. I have books. I've asked friends. It is very straightforward. It is beyond me, that and cricket. Um, but, you know, I think that like, We were like, let's set a goal. Let's teach ourselves elaborate dances and post them online. Yeah. And people would share. They'd be like, it took us eight hours to do this. Now, listen, if you did it because it was a great bonding experience for you and your family and it was fun, great. But if you did it because you weren't comfortable being alone with the space in your life, then that's not so great, right? Right. Right. So once again, you're going to hear us talk over the next season about these examples. And the examples we're giving are not necessarily reflective of what they're doing in your life, right? I mean, I took loads of baking classes during the pandemic. I still do because it was so much fun. We've kept them going, right? And they were fundraisers. And I learned all these amazing baking techniques with people online. It was a community. It was connection. Um, I did like having like one thing on a Saturday to anchor my day. So like it, I didn't wake up and then suddenly it was four o'clock and I'm like, what just happened? Um, so it actually made space in my day because I could kind of see where it was. So we're not saying every activity that you do is there is busyness, but we're just like, why? You know, and I looked at um, one of the examples was something, you know, somebody using Instacart could be a busyness signaling, a status signal. Whereas for me, it's so that I'm less busy. <laughs> like, what can I cut out of my life? <laughs> and I genuinely love to grocery shop, but like, it just, if I can't really enjoy it, then I don't, I'd rather have someone else do it for me. Right. Yeah, like, if you can't if you can't actually just browse the aisles and yeah, have yeah. a pleasant experience. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, just know that as we are sort of hearing us use examples, it's really the the why behind them. Yeah, I mean, it's all about intention and it's about how you're going through your life and how your your experience of your own life is, is unfolding. And as we, it always comes back to this, as we say, you know, you have to be able to hear your inner voice. You have to be able to hear yourself beyond the noise around you, beyond the busyness. And so if you are intentionally taking bus- uh, baking co- courses online and that's your thing, that's your jam, no pun intended, um, you I know, did make some jam. Yes, I know you did. I know, um, that, 
that's, you know, that's a thing for you that you love, that you're passionate about, and it brings you joy. That's very different than being like, oh, my neighbor's taking baking classes. And I feel guilty that I'm not taking baking classes because I know my kids would like it if I was a better baker, you know, which is what would happen to me. Cause I don't particularly enjoy baking. I just, I'll take Tova's baked goods. Um, And, you know, that's how it would have to go for me. And then that would be busyness because it wouldn't bring me any joy. You know, it would just be like a a guilt bake. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's about what sort of intentions are you putting out there? Why are you doing these things? What are you trying to bring into your own life? And what are you trying to bring into the lives of the people around you? And how is that working out? Um, I know we need to take another break. uh, And so we'll do that. And then uh, we'll be right back. Hey, Tova, you know what I love? Coffee, definitions, uninterrupted reading time. Okay. All of those things are true. But I also love maps. As in Siri, take me to the beach. Yeah. Also, as in, uh, who am I really? And who do I want to be? Yeah, I figured that's what you meant. But I also have the beach on my mind. So, well, we were talking about things we love. So that definitely makes sense. But the map I was thinking about is our Defining You course. Yes, we put together Defining You as a way to map where you are and how you want to live your life. So true. So many people struggle to find their purpose in a busy and noisy world. That's why we made Defining You, our course meant to guide you to creating your own mission statement. And there's good news. You can get it now on teachable.com. Find the link on our website at goboldlyinitiative.com backslash courses, or check out the link on our Instagram bio at goboldlytogether. We can't wait to see you there. Now, let's head back to the show. Okay, so we are back. Welcome back. And uh, before the break, we were talking about being intentional. And uh, as we always do, we we managed to circle back to your inner voice and, and making sure you're listening. Um, as you know, some of you may know, our last sort of interim season was all about that second step of inner voice work. And um, making sure that you are ready to accept yourself and who you are and bringing that fully formed human person, whatever you want to call it, um, to the forefront. And so part of that process is really being able to let go of some of this urge to be, you know, unintentionally busy to, keep up with the Joneses, as you, you know, as people say, or to try and tie your own value to what you do in the world. Um, And I think it's just such a byproduct of the culture we live in that, you know, everybody knows you go, you meet somebody for the first time, they ask you what you do. And they, you know, that's sort of how you get categorized as if somehow what you do is determines how valuable you are in the conversation um, or how interesting you are or how worthwhile the time being spent with you is. And I think, you know, if we could turn that down 
dial that back and start asking, you know, like, I don't know what hobbies you have or what your favorite food is. I don't yeah. Know, or like, what's something I should know about you, yeah, which is like, like such an intrusive question on one hand because I feel like but on the other hand you know part of part of me is like if you don't know I like twinkly lights do you even know me like (laughs) or like you know what are you reading right now or anything that could just be so much more interesting I don't know I like if you're a banker I don't really care like I'm I don't mean to be rude but like okay uh, well I think I think the other thing is it depends why I want to know why you're a banker. Right. Like, right. Like, are you a banker because you like the stability of the job? You like the hours. It allows you to, to coach your kids soccer team after work or like, like why did this job draw you to it? Like, that's what I want to know. I want us to have those kinds of conversations again, where we learn this is why you're you're so good at small talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is why this is why the lady at the fish counter hates me. Um, <laughs> I want. You know, why are you at the fish counter? I know. What was your childhood like? Uh, I want to know why you know why you wound up in banking. I don't want to know that that's your job title. I want to know like what your childhood was like and how <laughs> you wound up becoming a banker. And so. And yes, as as Toma said, this is why I'm so terrible at any kind of small talk. And so I'm sorry if you meet me in the future. I'm just going to open with that from now on. What was your childhood like? <laughs> <Don't die yourself. laughs> um, Anyone who does an interview with us is now on notice. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the first question this season. Um, it's it, it's just so much more intimate and more interesting than these superficial kinds of conversations we find ourselves getting into. And it's not just the superficiality of it. It's the fact that we're emphasizing the wrong things about each other, emphasizing the things about each other that don't help us know people's core values or their core import, right? Like what drives them? What makes them tick? What makes them you know, want to get up in the morning, what makes them passionate? Why, you know, and isn't that why we're alive? Like, isn't that why we're here? Uh, If it's not to be excited about living, if it's not to be fully passionate, engaged humans, then what is it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And that is the problem with busyness is that no matter what the underlying reason is, and we're going to talk about this need to prove your worth, right? And, and prove your worth to yourself, prove your worth to others, um, to prove that you are, you know, look at how long my to-do list is. Aren't I worthy, right? Like, aren't I wonderful? Whether it's that, whether you don't like sitting at home in your own quietness and space, and when I say sitting at home, it could be walking out in nature, whatever it is, but you don't like to do that because you're keeping the, the things that are haunting you away, right? That could be something else. So whatever the reason for the busyness, whether it's external or internal, it's a status thing, what it's doing is preventing you from being engaged in your life. That's what's happening. 
is that you are not engaged in watching. I am not engaged in watching my kid play baseball if I'm running through the list of things I should be doing. Well, I can't do them because I'm watching him play baseball. So how about we just watch him play baseball? Like we cannot be engaged. Um, and we will, we will talk in future episodes about all the bad stuff that does to our bodies. <laughs> yes. Um, when we're running like this and all the bad stuff it can do, do to us emotionally, like the physical, emotional, mental, it's all, it's none of it's good. None of it's like, here's a gold star for you. You're so busy. Um, and so if we want a life that we're living intentionally, if we want that limitless life that we always talk about, that we always, that we're striving for personally, that we are striving for, um, we have to be engaged in our own life and we cannot be both experiencing or being part of the cult of busyness and being engaged in our own life. They, they both can't happen. It, it, it doesn't work. Right. Um, so <laughs> you guys are in for a, uh, a wild ride this season. Yeah. I, based on how, this conversation is going. I feel like it might be a little intense this season, but in like the best possible way, right? I feel like this conversation um, has been happening all around us. So Toba and I talked about this season for a while. Um, then we got interrupted by the need to sort of finish our conversation around inner voice, which we I don't think we'll ever be finished with. I don't know why I used the word finish, <laughs> yeah. um, but we needed to continue that. So we got interrupted by that a little bit, um, but we got a lot of signs about this topic and a lot, we know a lot of people are talking about it and we think that it is um, particularly, I don't know if we're coming out of the pandemic, if we'll ever come out of the pandemic, I don't know, but particularly at this moment, this is such an important conversation to be having. Um, well, I think whether we are coming out of the 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 uh, sick side of the pandemic, we yeah. have gotten back to a normal, a, right. a normal, a normal <laughs> of of rushing around and doing things, but we are still close enough to that time where we were all stuck at home to be able to remember what it felt like. Yep. Exactly. And to look back and think like, oh, okay. Um, are those things that we promised ourselves when life got back to normal, are we still keeping those promises to ourselves? And so I think that we are, we are kind of at this point where we could hold on to some of those feelings. Um, so should we, should we give you guys some homework? I think so. Okay. Let's do it. So there's going to be journaling here because we're <laughs> going to try to set you up for the new, there's, there's, there's two things. The first is journaling, right? Cause we're going to try to set us all up to be ready to have this conversation together. So, um, we're just going to assume that you have busyness in your life. Um, and so the first question is, what is contributing to the sense of busyness in my life, right? So we would love you to ask that. Then uh, maybe say, who made the decisions that led to these commitments, right? So 
a lot of times we are the ones who sign ourselves up for things that lead to the sense of busyness, right? And then the next question, what can I do to reduce the busyness I'm experiencing? And these are super hard questions <laughs> that we're going to be talking about all season. But I think if you can even spend 10 minutes journaling and reflecting on this, it's going to set you up to be able to be more part of the conversation. Because I have to say that I feel like every episode we do, I'm going to feel like I'm personally attacking myself. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that, you know, starting with some of those questions, I have one more task I would love to see people do. Let's spend a week. When someone says, hey, how are you doing? And not saying, I'm so busy. Actually answer how you're doing. Now, you could feel really busy. And, and that is, you could actually be busy, right? But what I want to say is like, let's not answer the question that way. I, this is something I have worked very hard to do over the last few years. Um, because it goes to that like, feeling of self-worth. I'm so busy. I'm sought after. And also this like status signal. So as, as you answer that question, when you bump into somebody and they say, hey, how are you doing? Just use a different answer. Just find a different answer. Let's take away that word as a descriptor that we want to like show off. Yeah. And I just want to add to that. Every time you feel compelled to say, I'm so busy, just make a little note of it in your journal, just a tally mark. Just see how often you tell people how you're so busy. Because sometimes our lack of awareness of what we're saying to people about our own lives um, sneaks up on us, right? We don't even realize we're doing it. Um, and it's interesting to start noting it. It's kind of like when you keep a food journal or when you you know keep any kind of journal like that. And you look back at it and you're like, oh, I really wasn't eating breakfast ever. Or I, you know, I was drinking coffee at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is. Um, you know, it, it's, it can be really eye-opening when you do something like that and you start to notice how often you're doing these kinds of things to yourself. Right, right. So, uh, you know, nice, easy homework to start the week off, uh, start the season. <laughs> We're easing you guys in, easing you in. <laughs> Um, but with that, we hope you have a great week and that you, uh, you know, find some time to engage in it. So we will be back next week with our first interview, I think, of yes, the season. We will. we will. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We know you're busy and we love spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button. Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together. Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz. Find us at GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info. We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts next week. Until then, keep on being the bold, brave, amazing people we know you already are.